Okay, well, we're reading from the Krishna book. Uh, chapter 21, the Venu Geet, Krishna attracted by the flute. Omigana Timurandasya, Gananjana Shalakaya, Taksura Malatamyena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vanshakalpa Turubhyas Cha Kripasindu Bhaeva Cha Patitanam Pabhanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siyadvaita Gadadhar Srivasade Gaur Bhaktavrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Well, um, okay. Omigana Timurandasya, Gananjana Shalakaya. Chaksur Unmulatamyena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Minobhishtam, Stapitam Yena Bhutale. Swayam rupa kadamayam dadati sapadantikam. Vanshakalpa turubhyas chakra pashindu bhaeva chapatitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namonama. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Siddhvaita Gadadhar Sivasa Degor Bhaktivinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You know, just chanting these prayers, Mangala Charanam, to invoke auspiciousness, I just realized how much they are essential for actually entering into these pastimes. You know, I usually don't start with the 10th canto, what to speak of the gopis. Uh, it was just incidental that I had finished just before Radhastami. I had finished um, the Akura Leela and uh, it was Radhastami. So I thought I would read something about the gopis and I didn't finish it. I thought I'd finish the, the chapter um, before I figure on something else. And I, I haven't really decided what else I'll speak on. Um, and of course, there's always an apprehension because I've mentioned this many times that um, speaking the truth doesn't mean that the truth will be understood. The whole idea of realization is a depth of understanding so that you can explain something in a different language according to the understanding of your audience. Um, and that frame of reference of the audience is traditionally built up by hearing the first nine or 10 cantos. So I hope I'll be able to explain this in a way that we can understand it 
beyond our tendency to view things like this that we don't understand as either mythological or mundane. So, but the prayers are important because the inspiration definitely has to come from above. One needs mercy and one needs to be in the humble mood of praying for mercy, both. Something has to come from above and something has to come from yourself. And that combination of mercy and, and being a receptacle to mercy may qualify you to say something about these, these pastimes. Because again, this is rasa. And, and, and to hear and be affected by what you hear is actually the goal of our whole philosophy. That's Piojana. Piojana is the goal, which is the experience of the absolute truth after you understand what the absolute truth is. And therefore are receptive to bow your head before it when you hear it. Um, so that has to be our mood or our, our, our attitude. Uh, and then we may have some minor entrance into this, but of course, we're reading under the shelter of Prabhupada who had that realization. It's amazing how, you know, one time on, on Prabhupada's appearance day, Burijan Prabhu, I told you one of my mentors, he had a slide presentation and he started with the earth planet and then he showed the earth planet compared to the sun and then the earth planet compared to Jupiter is like a, a speck of dust on a uh, beach ball or, or, or a, a a speck of dust on a, on a big ball. And then Jupiter, he kept on, and he said, and this is amazing. And then he showed Jupiter compared to the universe and it was like a speck compared to the universe. And our universe is the smallest universe is within, and it's a speck. And then it, you know, and he kept on going on. He said, and this is amazing. And this is amazing. And you really, really get a sense, despite our ego, which gives significant, gives over significance to our position, even though we're inconceivably insignificant compared to the power of Krishna. They kept on, and this is the most amazing thing, and this is the most amazing thing. And when it gets above all that, the speck of the person in a house in New York or New Jersey or South America or the Middle East or India or wherever you are, and that being a speck on the planet, a speck in a city, which is a speck in a planet, which is a speck 
according to the other planets, which is a speck in the universe, which is a speck to the multi-universes, which goes on and on. And on top of all of that, his slide was Radha and Krishna in Goloka Vrindavan. That's the highest. And then he showed one other slideshow and he showed the devotees that first came in 262nd Avenue and, and, then Prabh, and then his glorification of Prabhupada and he gave this to these people. He gave that to these people and that's the most amazing thing that Prabhupada was able to come to America and explain the highest, deepest, most esoteric subject to the people who absolutely had the least qualification to understand it. And the only qualification they had to understand it is faith which is humility, that there is someone with an authority much greater than my own. And they had that kind of faith in Prabhupada. And that faith was their only qualification. That was their qualification, it was their faith. I remember well, I was in Vrindavan in 1977 when Prabhupada came, kind of leave the world. And he kept on, and at that time, you have to understand, being in Vrindavan at that time, there was no one that came from ISKCON except once a year after Gorpinima. Otherwise, everyone was in temples. There was no one there. And Prabhupada kept on calling all the GBCs to come through the summer. And they kept on going back. They had important things to do. He kept on calling them back. They kept on leaving. He kept on calling them back. They kept on leaving. And he called them back. When Prabhupada left, I understood. Because the only qualification that they would have to carry on this movement, which after over 40 years after Prabhupada, was 45 years after Prabhupada left, it's still going on. <laughs> it's still going on with, with, with some type of cooperation. It's still going on. On what basis? On their faith in Prabhupada. So our ability to understand things is our humility. And therefore we have to approach what we're gonna to read today with that kind of humility. And we'll be hearing it directly from Prabhupada who, who spoke it somehow or other at the very beginning of the Krishna consciousness movement. What mercy that is and what foresight. Because he only got, he only finished up to the 13th chapter of the Bhagavatam. He never got to the 
Krishna's pastimes. And what a tragedy it would be if we didn't have Prabhupada's commentary in the 10th canto in terms of the Krishna book. So let's just relish. Hopefully I can say something philosophical, but we should relish. I started listening to recordings of, of these tapes at night uh, of, of, of the 10th canto. And it is the most relaxing thing I can imagine. No effort, just sitting there and hearing Krishna's pastimes. And now we're hearing Krishna's pastimes, we are hearing the gopis who are the greatest devotees. In fact, when, well, I don't know, when I took sannyas, I get another Gayatri mantra and, and, and I get what's called the Gopi Bhava mantra. Um, let me see. Yeah, it, 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 it's giving yourself to the mood of the gopis. And, and it's not, it's not like a, a, a cheaper sentimental thing. It means what a sannyas should be. It, what is a liberated person when with your mind, body, and words, you give yourself to God. You take shelter of God. You take shelter of Krishna. When you take sannyas, three dandi sannyas, three means three, dandi sticks, you get three rods, you get a fourth rod, but that is broken off just to indicate that the living entity is different from God. But you get, it says three rods mainly. And what are the three rods for? This is sannyas. Yasa means renunciation. Sannyas means complete renunciation. With what? With your words, which are used, not selfishly, not for control, not for enjoyment. You, it, your mind, what is your mind used for? Not to, to, to fuel the senses and, 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 and conjure up images to enjoy and control. And what is your work? Your work is also for God. So who are the greatest, who are the greatest renunciates? The greatest renunciates are the gopis because they gave up everything, both good karma and bad karma. How did they give up good karma? They would chase wives, they were mothers, they had so much good karma. They're willing to sacrifice everything. So Lord Chaitanya said that no other love can compare with the love of the gopis. And that love was so powerful. When they came to Krishna in the Rasa dance, Krishna said, Napariye hum, there is no way that I can repay you. You'll have to be satisfied with the love itself because there is nothing greater than that. The greatest possession is the one that gives you the most happiness or pleasure. And there's no greater happiness and pleasure than God's own pleasure, which is the essence, the essence of his pleasure potency is Krishna praying. 
So Krishna said, I cannot give you anything greater than that. And what the wonderful thing is, because it's not material, we all have opportunity to get the greatest thing, which is bhakti and devotion and our relationship with Krishna and those sentiments. We all have the ability to get that. Everyone can get it. Not everyone can be the richest man in the world. Not everybody can be the most famous man in the world. Not everybody can get an Olympic gold medal. Not everybody can get this. Not everybody can get this. Not everybody, but everyone can become an alloyed servant of Krishna. Because there's no material qualification. It means no matter who you are and what your karma is, if you give yourself to God in a sincere heart, then he will give himself to you. So we'll read a little bit. We'll re re read a little bit of the highest love. So let's read and maybe I'll comment a little bit. Another gopi spoke thus to her friends about Krishna. Because what happened is, is Krishna blew his flute. And what is a fl his flute? His flute is his heart that he re, his heart that he re, his heart manifests in sound. Sound, speech, music, song can be a vehicle for an expression of our hearts. So when he blows his flute, those who hear that flute hear not only the music of the flute, but they hear Krishna's love for them. And particularly the flute is now calling Krishna, calling the gopis. And this love cannot be compared to anything else because it's God's love. It's inconceivably powerful, pleasurable. It's better than anything else and there's nothing, nothing more painful than giving it up. And not only that, it's real because the object of that love, there's a verse in the second canto that describes why Krishna is the, the, the top most object of love because he's Atma, he's Priya. He's the soul of our soul. And he's real. Nasate vidyate babo nababo vidyate sataha. When something is temporary, it has no real existence. Like our body is the self. It doesn't exist as the self. It's just matter. It gives a, an impression of the self, but it's not us. So Krishna is real. And he's eternal. 
So it is the highest duty. Savai pumso paro dharmo yato bhaktir adoksaji hoitaki apartiyata yatma supersediti. Savai pumso. Only this. Only this. Savai pumso pro is the highest dharma. It means it is the most right thing to do. And for that, you can give up anything. It's more important than your life as people who sacrifice their life for it. Dharma svanushtita pumsa vivik sena katasya nopadiye yati ritim shrama kevalam. Everything else is so much useless. If your dharma or activity, and it doesn't mean sometimes our dharma is our attachments. It, it, if it doesn't lead, Savai Pumso Paro Dharma, if it doesn't lead to Ritim, to some taste, then Shrama, Eva, Shrama, Eva, he cable up. It's certainly useless. It has no meaning. It's not that material things have no meaning, but they have no meaning if they're not connected somehow for the soul. Somehow with elevating the conscious. That's the whole purpose of Dharma. There's material duties. They may be Dharma, but they are Dharma because for you, those duties are connected with elevating your consciousness, whether they're attachment or detachment. They're connected with elevating your consciousness and bringing you to a higher level of the soul. It's all about our eternal identity, our soul. And it's so important for us to focus, to keep that as the goal, no matter where we're at. I read in one commentary, something by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, 500 years ago, there may not be much difference in the activities of someone who's not a devotee and a devotee, because not a devotee, they can just still following religious principles and they're still following Dharma, but they're not a devotee. And then there's a devotee, he's doing it. And so they may have the same lives in one sense, but what is the difference? The difference is the goal. The goal. It's so important. And I think that's why Prabhupada gave the Krishna book first, so he can help us to understand what is the goal. Because you want to practice something, you have to have a goal. And according to how much you value that goal, which is called faith, is to the extent you'll make sacrifice for it. So Prabhupada gave us the goal. Here it is. So another gopi spoke to our friends about Krishna. Dear friends, Vrindavan is proclaiming the glories of this entire earth because the, this planet is glorified by the lotus footprints of the son of Devaki. This is the tilak of the earth. And what tilak means and why it's important in Krishna consciousness, even though we don't wear it, 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 it's, it means I belong. 
We don't do rituals. We do rituals when they have intention connected to the goal and they have meaning and connected to the goal. So this is our pride. I, this means I belong to Krishna. And it's supposed to help foster that type of identity, not only to Krishna, but I belong to this lineage through my guru who is connecting me to Krishna. Besides that, when Govinda plays his flute, the peacocks immediately become mad as if they have heard the rumbling of a new cloud. I guess that's what peacocks do. They get excited. So one is excited that Krishna is here. That energy is coming. And the energy is pleasure, but it's not selfish because it's the energy of I want to serve. I want to make you happy. That's the energy. When all the animals and trees and plants, either on the top of Govardhan Hill or in the valley, see the dancing of the peacocks, they all stand still and listen to the transcendental sound of the flute with great attention. So they, 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 the flute blows, the gopis are saying, the, how, glor how glorious is Krishna? The whole earth is glorious because of Krishna. And when we, we're hearing this flute, which is just reminding us of his pastimes, Krishna said when, when he left Vrindavan, commentators say he came back with Nanda Maharaj's promise, but in his unmanifest manifestation, in his Baba manifestation, that is the message that Krishna gave to the gopis. I am there in my Baba manifestation. So he's also accessible to us in our devotion for him. So when they saw the peacocks dancing madly, just as if clouds were rumbling and the peacocks were dancing, then the animals and the trees and the plants in the valley or on top of Govardhan Hill, seeing that, they stood still and they were also just listening to this vibration that was coming through Govardhan Hill and the valley and it's Krishna's heart and it's, it's, it's his love for the devotees. And he's actually playing the flute specifically to give pleasure to Vrindavan and pleasure to the devotees and pleasure to the gopis. And it's putting him in a mood of offering. I am yours. I'm offering everything to you. Their whole consciousness becomes imbued with this kind of love. Rasa vai saha. That whole reality is this feeling. We have to come to these feelings. I, I, I was talking this morning about Parikram in Navadweep. And when we go in Parikram in Navadweep, when I used to go in Navadweep Mandal Parikram, it's not just sights, it's what it does to your heart. And you feel that consciousness. And then when you feel that consciousness, 
You are not dependent on the environment for your happiness because happiness is consciousness. We only value the environment for the effect it has on our consciousness. So it, it's consciousness. And now they're standing and listening in consciousness. And this is God's pleasure. God's pleasure is the love. And his pleasure is not only the love, but the happiness that this love gives to every living entity when they're humble enough to open their hearts to that. We think this boon is not available in any other planet. So actually people, they say the demigods are lining up. The demigods are lining up. They're lining up to take birth in this earth planet because devotion in the form of kirtan is unlimitedly merciful to those devoid of false prestige. And with a little sense, it, it's it, this, the way this world works, it's a facility to crush your false ego. Your sense of superiority, there can be no illusion in this world of a sense of superiority, or it's very, very difficult. And it's that sense of superiority that keeps us from God and keeps us from the desire to be God and to be his servant. So it's such a boon. It's a boon 5,000 years ago. It's a boon right now. We are practically born in the same minute that Krishna appeared on this planet from a cosmic calculation according to the demigods. But according to the calculation of that time, we are in a day of Brahma, we are practically appearing as the same minute as Krishna. Although the gopis were village cowherd women and girls, they had extensive Vedic knowledge, such as the effect of Vedic civilization. People in general would learn the highest truths of the Vedas simply by hearing from authoritative sources. I spoke about this morning. You don't have to be theologians. You don't have to be scholars. You just have to understand deeply the basic principles of reality. And how do you do that? You simply hear in the proper way from authoritative sources. And when you do that with this humble, faithful mood, then Vasudeva, Bhagavati, Bhakti Yoga, Piyojita, Janiyat Yasyu, Vairagyam, Gyanachahara, Hoitakim, then automatically Vasudeva, Bhagavati, Bhakti Yoga, Piyojita. If to God, to Krishna, Bhakti yoga, if you perform bhakti yoga, if you perform devotion, then by just a little bit of hearing, by hearing just a little bit, by just hearing just a little bit, then you'll develop jnana and vairagya. Where for the impersonalist, pantastu koti satavatsara sampagam yo, bayor atapi manaso munipungavanam. They may speculate. 
They may speculate for millions and millions of years by the speed of mind, they will not touch the lotus feet of Krishna. Or understand the Vedas, yasya deve parabhaktir tata deve tataguru. One who has implicit faith in the Supreme Lord and the spiritual master, the imports of the Vedic knowledge are revealed. When you accept there is a God that is above me, when you accept that there's a guru above me, when you accept that there's knowledge above me, that mood of humility is the key and allows you actually to view the Vedas for what they're actually saying, and which there's a unified message in the Vedas that we have to get rid of this egotistical self-centered conception. And we have to be cooperative as a part of what we belong. And even though they were village girls, there, there is different speeches and kata and readings, etc. And because they had this love for Krishna, and because they had this humility of, 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 of submission to the absolute reality, which creates such a nice consciousness in the heart of this happy small, because they have that, then simply by hearing, they, they, they understood so many things. Even though they were, they, they were simple young girls, they had extensive Vedic knowledge. So now let's hear more of the Bab. Another gopi said, my dear friend, just see the deer. Although they are dumb animals, they have approached the son of Maharaj Nanda. Not only are they attracted by the dress of Krishna and Balaram, but as soon as they hear the playing of the flute, the deer along with their husbands offer respectful obeisances unto the Lord by looking at him with great affection. The gopis were envious of the deer because the deer were able to offer their service to Krishna along with their husbands. The gopis thought themselves not fortunate because whenever they wanted to go to Krishna, their husbands were not very happy. It's described on the, the first time that Krishna, the gopis are introduced in the Bhagavatam is in the 16th chapter of the 10th canto, the 15th chapter of the 10th canto, when Krishna is coming back from the forest. And first, the residents of Vrindavan are in such separation, including the gopis, that they see the Paraduli. They see the dust of Vrindavan. They see the dust of Vrindavan. I think maybe first they maybe hear his flute. I'm not sure which is first. Then the dust of Vrindavan. And then as he comes closer, they see his face. And all the gopis began to run to the edge of the Vrindavan town to actually see Krishna. And it's very interesting 
they're leaving their house forcibly, but they're called chaste. And why are they chaste? Because young girls, they went, they went together in a group. They went together in their group. But they're envious of the deer because both male and female go. But it's a very kind of envy. It's not a hate. The envy we have in the material world is, is kind of a hate. They just wish. My throat. They just wish that they didn't have these kind of obstacles. And they wish like these people who do. Another gopi said, my dear friends, Krishna is so nicely dressed that he appears to be the impetus of various kinds of ceremonies held by the women folk. Even the wives of the denizens of heaven become attracted after hearing the transcendental sound of his flute. Although they are traveling in the air in their airplanes, enjoying the company of their husbands, on hearing the sound of Krishna's flute, they immediately become perturbed. Their hair is loosened and their tight belts are slackened. This means that the transcendental sound of the flute of Krishna extended to all corners of the universe. Also, it is significant that the gopis knew about the different kinds of airplanes flying in the sky. Okay, you ready for rasa? Just relish hearing the proper way, praying, aspiring, that these sentiments and this understanding may come to our hearts to fill that want or that lacking in our hearts. You can see all of our anxiety is due to the desire to control and enjoy. Otherwise, why are we so in it? Why are we in anxiety? Because the world will not move the way I want in the future, perhaps. Why am I in anxiety now? Because the world is not moving according to my desire and I can't control it. With someone who's happy, even on organic platform at Santosh, I have enough. And on a spiritual platform, seeing every situation as an opportunity that Krishna is giving to bring us closer to our pure love and to give us an opportunity to serve in the way he wants us to serve. That's why the, the, the Sarup Lakshana, Lakshana, the primary symptom of pure devotional service is 
anyabilashita shunyam jnana karmad anukulyena krishna anu shilanam anukulyena favorable shilanam our activities our mind bodies and words they're favorable they have an intent anu krishnanu to follow krishna follow what krishna's desire is And that anu means that desire of Krishna is expressed through the Shastra as it is applied to you, as your gurus, guru gurus, realize it and help you understand it and apply it to your life. That's why when Maharaj Prickett was cursed to die, understanding clearly that it was Krishna's will, he immediately said, Sadhu Mene. Mene, I think Sadhu, this is good. And then Krishna gave him the realization why it's good. I'll become detached, detached from the world. I'll counteract my sin, which will purify my heart and bring me closer to God. And because the son has to assume the debts of his father, whatever harm I did to others or, their, or what they perceive, I will be free from that. Tosadu Mane. It sounds to them, to the gopis, the cows, like the pouring of nectar, and they immediately spread their long ears just to catch the liquid nectar of the flute. So the cow's ears are usually down, but in Vrindavan, they're up because it's Goloka Premadan Harinam Sankirtan. They feel that this Harinam Sankirtan is coming from the sky and there's so much pleasure that they feel it's filling up their ears that they don't want their ears to let it out. The most profound, the most profound experience I had of that is when, I don't know, it must be 40 years ago, I went to Kumbh Mela. I woke up before Mangalartik in the morning, was sleeping in a tent on the sand. Of course, we had some cushions. And I went to the Trivani, where the Ganga, the Jamun, and, and I bathed. I can't believe what that ecstasy felt like. In the winter, it's freezing cold in that bath. And then went to Mangalartik, and there was some great Iskan Kirtanir singing. And I, literally, I wanted to put my head like this. There was something descending, just like when I go to Mayapur, and you go out in Parikram, and you get those devotional feelings. 
it's it's not you're not chanting the chanting is chanting you the loka it's descending from some higher planet platform and we get drops of this but the cows in Vrindavan they eternally live with this and it's just such nectar what's that nectar it, it's a tangible energy of love that enters your heart and and and, and purifies your consciousness. Some of you sometimes hear me talk about the six inch kids. I'm looking across the street and one of these kids came out with a little shovel and he's sitting in front of his house just playing so happily. And now another kid went out out of the door. Amazing, I just don't. As for the calves, they are seen with the nipples of their mothers pressed in their mouths, but they cannot suck. They remain struck with devotion and tears glide down their eyes, illustrating vividly how they are embracing Krishna heart to heart. So it's rasa. They're stunned. Why are they stunned? Because they have a very powerful devotional emotion and they're just stunned. And in their eyes, they're closing their eyes and they're embracing Krishna heart to heart. This is such a beautiful theology that there is an absolute personal reality that can have a relationship with one and enthuse one with love. It's not that Krishna is egocentric in that way. This is the way he created the universe. This is the way the universe exists. To experience this. this these phenomena indicate that even the cows and calves in Vrindavan knew how to cry for Krishna and embrace him heart to heart. Actually, the perfection of Krishna consciousness can be culminated in the shedding of tears from the eyes. Let me repeat that. Actually, the perfection of Krishna consciousness can be cumulated in the shedding of tears from eyes because that is an expression of legitimate emotion. And what is that motion? It's love and that love is pleasure and that's the goal. The goal is service. And that service, is the, that feeling of service is the highest pleasure. I remember one sadhu came on Vrindavan's disappearance day and told us that our perfection is to shed tears on this day. In the mood of separation. If you love someone, there's emotion when they're not there. And that's how we express our devotion in this world. That's what Lord Chaitanya showed us, the, the mood. By going to Puri, which is Vipralamba Shetra, which is the 
dam or the field of separation. And he taught us this, Srila Gorgovinda Maharaj, my illustrious god brother, he said his goal was to open up a crying school. A crying school. That there'd be real emotion and real attachment for God and real yearning to be with God and feelings of separation that we're not. Therefore, Prabhupada said that we should chant like a child who's crying for his mother. Okay, I'm going to stop here and we can have some reflections. Jamuna Jaya, are you there? I don't know, maybe you have to. Maybe. Jamuna Jaya, you there? <laughs> Yeah, I'm there. Maybe Can you she hear had me? to. I am okay. here. <laughs> what was your reflection? Because the point that you like. I there were so many I loved, but I, I really oh, loved the can't hear you, huh? Because Prema. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's not working. Can you hear me now? Yeah, All right. <laughs> okay, I guess not good. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hello, Maharaj. Who is that? That was Shore. Oh, Shore. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Nice to hear from you. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Bhakti Devi. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Um, I love the point of saying that no matter who you are and no matter what your karma is, that if you give yourself to Krishna, that he'll give himself to you. I love that point. Um, but I wanted a little... Uh, clarification you mentioned what what is the primary symptom of pure devotional service the, the primary symptom is kirtan when you love someone you glorify them that's the primary symptom thank you okay anybody else like to say hello Hi, Bo. Thank you for coming. Hi, Bo. I like the point. I like the point you said that the difference between a devotee and non-devotee is their goal, their goal to serve God. Now there's generally a great difference, but 500 years ago, yeah. it was that goal. Okay, Jayanta. Hi, Bo. I I have something for you. Oh, somehow it's it, it it's not working that I can see people fully. Oh, it's so a well, show show my Vyas Puja gift. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> it's a t-shirt says God is dope. Yes. <laughs> Just like Prabhupada had, you know, he made the Sankirtan army in analogies of military. You make such analogies in relationship to drugs. It's not drugs. Dope means like far out or great. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I don't even know that. <laughs> I like the other way that God is dope. God is our intoxication. I like that. <laughs> okay, anybody else? Hey, hi, Krishna. You know, I saw Jayanta wearing your gift. <laughs> and I meant to comment to him about that because I love the T-shirt. But I understood that, you know, it was the modern vernacular, not like intoxication. <laughs> anyway, Maharaj, I, I did have one question. Um, okay. Yeah, so, you know, the gopis, they're... Um, they're, because of their mood, they had extensive Vedic knowledge, but I think you were making a subtle distinction, you know, in the last class between that and being a th theologian. So why wouldn't we call gopis theologians? I don't think they were theologians. Extensive Vedic knowledge means just by living in that culture and just hearing. They knew what the philosophy is, how to live, what are the rules. They knew all these things. I don't think it meant Gyanic type knowledge. Because Gyanic type knowledge means that you don't necessarily have a service attitude. Is that the difference? No, Gyanic knowledge means such deep understandings of, of the subtleties of like the Yoga Sutras. It's so complex. I don't think they knew like the Yoga Sutras, but they knew the basic mm -hmm. principles. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it seems to be like a matter of detail. Okay, I have time for just two more people. Then I have another meeting. Anybody else? I guess I'm all the winners. And Raja, thank you for class. Oh, how do you go? Hey, well. okay. Okay. I love I, when I, you said um, that uh, Christian's flute is uh, his heart. Wow, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. Hi, Bo. Hi, Krishna. Thanks nice for doing Okay, thank good. You. Thank you very Have much for the class. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. It's Kaylee. Kaylee, back in Utah City? Yeah, I am. We miss you here in New York. I know. I miss you guys. Okay. Well, we'll see you soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Tokyo Gopinath here. Kishore okay, sure, Radha. Hare Bo. Hare Bo. Okay. I I'm going to have another meeting now. So thank you all. It was fun. Hare Krishna, Vanchakopa, Tribhistar.